Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. I'm sure all of our hearts have gone out over this past tumultuous week to the many thousands of our fellow Australians struggling with the storms, even cyclones, floods, to say nothing of the bushfires over the past month. Homes damaged, lives lost, lives changed forever. For many of the flood victims, they were just starting to get back on their feet following the 2011 floods. They are stuck again. In Bundaberg, the Burnett River reached record flood peaks with thousands evacuated from their homes. It's in times like these that we see so many volunteers. We've seen them all. Kind-hearted people, also churches, stepping up to the challenge of putting these people back on their feet. Christchurch Anglican Church is one of the many places accommodating flood-affected residents in the Bundaberg region. And Father Cliff Greaves has been in the thick of it, and he joins us now on Open House. Father Cliff, thanks very much indeed for your time. Welcome, Lee. Thank you. What are the kinds of words you'd describe, Father Cliff, to describe what you've seen and experienced over this past week, the events that Bundaberg has really never seen before? Well, the immediate one that comes to mind is, is devastation, but, uh, hopelessness, uh, forlorn, pain, hurt, anxiety, fear, very little joy. Although there is joy when you find someone and you find that they're, they're safe and, uh, and well. Yes. Uh, it's, it's devastation. Have you been shocked at the extent of the damage this time around? Oh, look, I think everyone's been shocked and uh, I think we've got more more shocks and more pain to come, to be honest. In this, this area, there are many uh, elderly people. Unfortunately, a lot of them live in those, those flood-affected, uh, worst-affected areas. And, um, yeah, look, I, I suspect that we'll, we'll get more bad news um, in the days and weeks to come. How were you affected in 2011? 2011 was was significant. Uh, quite a number of homes that were damaged, but nowhere near the extent they are this time. The pure ferocity, the the amount of water and the um, the rain, uh, the fact that there were something like four or five mini tornadoes went through surrounding Bundaberg. The speed with which uh, it came up the, in the the last flood was a creeping sort of flood. This one was uh, almost immediate. It just came up so quickly. The town was smashed, really. Yeah, yeah. And the north side uh, and the east side. The east side copped it a lot last time. This time was much, much more extensive. And um, both east and, and uh, north and uh, to some degree west. South also uh, to a limited and uh, lesser degree. And in Bundaberg and elsewhere, people have only just been getting on their feet from the last time. That's right. There's, uh, I mean, we've the, the region's been hit with a whole range of difficulties in, in economic terms. Manufacturing industry and, and small industry has been struggling since uh, the last flood to to either re-establish itself or many of the the younger people and tradespeople have moved to, to jobs in the mines and what have you yeah. and have got their young families here. As a consequence, there's, there's been a flow on economic effect here. Uh, also, with the mining, it's, uh, it's meant that housing costs uh, in those areas has gone up and it's uh, pushed a lot of uh, residents from those areas um, to us 
where there's it's put pressure on the housing situation. So prior to the flood, there was uh, limited or no housing for people. We had many people living on the streets, from families to individuals. Now, of course, there's literally thousands of homes that are just desolated, as well as uh, a significant portion of the uh, business. It, it has a significant impact. How long are they saying that Bundaberg will take to recover? Oh, it'll be... It'll be where the, the water's receded, the clean-up's beginning, but uh, just having a look at some of the buildings, I think many of them will need to be just bulldozed, to be honest. Um, that'll be some time before that occurs. Then, um, then it's what can be cleaned up and restored will be. We're not talking about days or weeks. We're talking about months um, and potentially even, even some years. I suspect you're right. The physical damage, Cliff, is one thing. What about the psychological damage... To uh, the residents there, there are people who are just are just frightened and, and not knowing where they'll go, what they'll do. I mean, there's one family, four children. They just just before Christmas got their house back together after uh, the last flood. In that flood, it came up to covered the floor. This time, the whole house. The, the husband is, is almost catatonic. The wife can't stop crying and won't let the, the children out of the sight, which is reasonable. Um, yes. So there'll be a long-term psychological assistance, pastoral assistance to those sort of people. As you go about that work in the community, what do you say to people in that kind of position? Uh, it's not so much say to them. It's uh, just be with them and listen to them. Yes. Let them um, dump, if you like, their, yes, yeah. uh, the issues that, uh, that they have and um, give them assurance that the people do care and that God is with them. Our role is, is a pastoral one to show them that God loves them through us is, is working to help them. I'm sure it's such a valuable work in the community. So many organisations, of course, lending a helping hand. What have you been doing? What's the practical help and support that you've been able to offer as a church? Well, from the parish perspective, we've uh, literally opened our whole everything to uh, to assist. We've got some 300 people in our hall, and they're being fed and accommodated, sleeping any available space. There's beds. We're feeding them three meals a day, and um, the Red Cross are doing an absolutely sterling job, just trying to keep track of people, register them, and uh, make sure they've got uh, all their needs. Uh, and we're assisting wherever we can with that, as far as pastoral stuff goes where uh, it's a basically a 24-hour job just being wherever the people are. How long might that continue? Well we've moved technically moved from evacuation to recovery to give some sense of normality and hope to, to people if you can call it normal to uh, restore things like financial securities where that's possible look for, for some form of rehousing or rehoming even if it's with family, friends or others. And, and I really don't know uh, how long we'll have people here, but I suspect it'll be some time. I've seen this happen in many communities as I've reported for many years on these kind of crises. It is always so traumatic. But also there's a great sense of community spirit and people pulling together and helping each other out in times like this, always. That's certainly true here. But the Bundaberg community is uh, is one that, probably because to some degree of our isolation from the big smoke in Brisbane, yes. we're some four and a half hours away um, off the, the major highway, so we tend to get a bit forgotten. So the people are fairly stoic and pulled together. Resilient is 
probably a word that would describe the community here. I'm sure that's true. Can I ask you this question? Why would you say a church like yours steps up to this kind of challenge to reach out? Because that's what we do. That's what Christ showed us the way to help those in need, to the poor, to give freedom to the lost. So that's what we do. We are Christ to these people. And this will go on a lot longer than the television cameras will be around and our attention fades. What would you say to us and those who pray about how we should be thinking, feeling, even praying for you guys in the weeks, months, maybe even years to come? I just continue to to, uh, to pray that the people have courage, they have strength, uh, and that they finally can get some sort of peace. The, the pragmatic, practical issues can be dealt with. You can you can provide a, a house for someone to live in. You can feed them. You can make them safe. But at the end of the day, it's what's in the heart that matters. Um, one of the emergency disaster plan chaplains at the Victorian Black Saturday fires, in fact, was on one of the first buses to take survivors back into Marysville. I mean, that was devastation. There was just nothing left uh, but ash. And, and that took a long time for those people to recover. But that community is, is rebuilding some years down the track now. Uh, and I'm sure that, uh, that that will be the same case here. And people will relocate. Their lives will, will certainly, if they haven't been changed already, will continue to change. And that sometimes is not necessarily bad, uh, just how it changes is the issue. And lessons to be learnt, maybe even about life itself. Oh, there's lots of lessons. There's always a lesson for us, isn't there, in everything. Um, the personal lessons are to care more about the people in your community and be closer to each other. It's tragic that um, a disaster has to bring people together, neighbours, but they have come together. And let's just pray that they continue to support each other. Father Cliff Grease, I'm so grateful for you joining us tonight. Thanks so much for your time. God bless you. Bye. Father Cliff Greaves is from the Christchurch Anglican Church in Bundaberg. We hope you enjoyed this open house podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.